Hello, and welcome to a very special Cosmic Circle podcast. I'm Isla Ruby, and I've got here Brian Kitson and uh, Anthony Flagg. Hello, it's great to be here. This is Brian. Hey, it's Anthony. I see some really good questions. Yeah, so it, it's a very special podcast. And as Anthony said, this is a question and answer podcast. So we're going to be talking all about Ant-Man. Memories are fading. The box office is fading, sadly, as you've seen the drop off. But, you know, we're still obsessed with Quantumania. We've still got a lot of questions. And I know you guys all have a lot of questions, too, as we've seen in our Discord and as we saw on Twitter. Now, the last podcast, we didn't have enough time to answer the question. So we wanted to give it a try today. So our very first question is from, um, it is from Vic. And Vic is a writer here at the Cosmic Circus. He writes a lot and he also has lots of questions. So Vic <laughs> wanted to know, he wanted to know if we're gonna see Hope and Scott getting married in the future and having kids. And I'll just throw it to, to you guys, Brian and Anthony. I definitely think that with the scenes that were cut, there's definitely the desire for them to have kids. I mean, as we know that there was an actor cast as Hope's child, and we assume that's with, with Scott. Um, so I think it's there. I think that there's a very, very strong possibility that that's where it's going to go, especially as they get to the young Avengers and they start to um, phase out some of the older ones. But I guess it's hard to know at this point because who knows what's going to happen after Secret Wars. I'm going to go ahead and agree and say, yeah, it's, it's a strong possibility. And the main reason why I think so is uh, like they had that alternate scene of her having kids. I could see her and, and Scott wanting some and Scott getting a second chance at connecting with the kids since, you know, he kind of fumbled a little bit with Cassie. Yeah, I so I my mind is blown a little bit because I did not realize there was a deleted scene or a cut scene where there were um, where Hope had kids. And that's, you know, such an interesting possibility. Um, I really I've said before that I really, really like when we have this moment, these moments where Scott is like in his family life, just living life and being, you know, Scott Lang, not necessarily Ant-Man, because we see what he's fighting for as, as Ant-Man. And I think, you know, if we see him and Hope get married, that would be really cool and that would be really um some interesting stakes being raised you know going forward especially if there's a another child and you know him getting a do-over almost especially with like you know the fact that this one again is a younger child and we saw how that was when he was starting out but this would be he's already established as a hero a target and now you're adding in a small child that's some high, that's a lot of higher stakes absolutely um, now, a little bit along those lines, uh, Vic also had a question about Cassie. And, you know, Cassie is is Scott's only daughter. You know, there are a lot of opinions about her in the film. Um, and Vic wanted to know if Cassie and Peter Parker were going to become friends um, at some point down the line in the MCU. What do you guys think? Again, I think that this is a huge possibility. I know that there are the 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 echoes of a good a deal coming where we're getting a spider-man 4 and we're going to get secret wars and i can't imagine if he's in secret wars that we're not going to see him and cassie interact because i think it's all heading towards the young avengers and who better than a young spider-man that nobody remembers to establish himself with people like cassie and kate bishop and potentially iron lad whatever however they go about it um that does fit right in so i think that they will probably be, become friends 
they both seem like they're geniuses too so that's probably uh a good interaction that i'd love to see between the two of them my immediate answer is no just because geographically you know she's on the west coast and he's on the east coast that's, that's the first thing yeah yeah but then you mentioned the thing about secret wars i'm like they could they could bump into each other yeah i mean it's always a possibility anybody could be anywhere i but, totally uh, just i want to see our west coast spider-man i don't know I, like i think that would be fun is that a thing a west coast spider-man it should be there, there's got to be I, you know I, my comic history is not as deep but i i feel like you know other members of the cosmic circus writers could tell us there's there has to be a west coast like i feel like sure. it'd be really ineffective and not a whole lot of tall buildings like new york sure that's the one thing about new york is you can get around matt murdoch that's had fair. a problem when he lived in san francisco he's like this is really troublesome i cannot just fly around like before <laughs> <laughs> he was relieved when he got back to new york it's like yes Okay, so Vic has another question. Um, so he wants to know, and this is verbatim, what did they do to my boy, Mr. Electric, from Shark Boy and Lava Girl? And he says that every single person at his screening laughed when he took his mask off. You know, let's so talk about Modoc. <laughs> the thing about Modoc is interesting because the first time I saw that film, everybody laughed. And then the second time I saw that film, I, I, the following two days later, nobody laughed. And it was much more of a serious take. I mean, I get the I get the comparison to Mr. Electric. How do you not make someone like Modoc look funny? He's just like a he's structured funny. He has the baby legs, he has the tiny arms, and he has the big ass head. Like, what are you gonna do about that? Like, at least they at least they tried. And um, I'm glad that we got uh, a George Lopez impression in um, the MCU. <laughs> Was it the was it the big ass head? I'm sorry. <laughs> Modoc is just so weird. I mean, I I don't know what else to say besides that. I don't. I'm not Team Modoc. You, you can't make him look serious. You can't. There's not. A, no. There's no reality where he looks serious. No, but my 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 thinking is behind what you were saying. Like you had one showing where one laughed, and another one where everyone was more serious. Maybe they just didn't know it was Darren. Like they didn't get that shock value. And it was just like, oh, look, big ass head. But I don't know. I wonder if it was more diehards at the first screening who like have to see every MCU movie on the very first day. And, you know, that's why they laughed because they knew the history. And like you said, knew, um, knew the deal. Probably. I feel like the shock value was worn off having known ahead of time. You know, part of our job is knowing things. <laughs> um, and so knowing that, did, like, I knew what was coming. But for everybody else who didn't know, that probably was was hilarious. All right. So Vic has, again, Vic is amazing and has so many good questions. And one of these days, we're going to make time zones align. And we're going to have him on the podcast because I think he'd be really fun. But. Vic wanted to know if Janet had the discs that Scott used to get bigger and to escape from the layer of the quantum realm that he was in, why didn't she do it? I love this question because I've heard this, I've heard this complaint from a lot of people. And I think there's two very logical answers. The first one being that I think that she used up all the discs when she was fighting King. So she didn't have any during that point, but up to that point, 
both Hank and I'm assuming uh, Janet had the thought that you weren't supposed to do that. If you mess with that, bad things could happen. And so my guess is she didn't know that was an option because she didn't, she always speaks by the rules. She's, you know, she's kind of the, she's the, the guiding mother rule follower. And so she wasn't going to stick discs into her faulty mechanics. And they also weren't faulty for her. They were faulty for um, Hank. Cause we see that in the first movie, when they show you the scene, I don't think she was going to mess with it because she didn't know what's going to happen. She was already lost and fear does a lot for people. And so she tried to make the best that she could, hoping that her husband was going to find her. So, you know, there's a lot of psychology behind it. And I think that between not wanting to cause, to make a problem worse, wanting to follow the rules and then using those against King and not having anymore, there was definitely a, uh, a few different layers to, to that. That's pretty well said. I think you thought mm-hmm. it out already a couple of times. But I think I do agree. It's just more um, precaution on her end more than anything to not tamper too much and end up killing herself. She figured out she could survive in the quantum realm and then just decided to remain there. I think it's also, you know, kind of a testament to, you know, her faith in um and Hank and and eventually hope that, you know, they would you know, those, they're both brilliant, even though Hope was a kid, you know, they would come get her if they were able. And I think that's, you know, that's lovely. And that just is a wonderful thing. Wasn't and also, I think directly in Ant-Man and the Wasps. It was something like that. Yeah. Like when she took over Scott's body, she's like, oh, I knew you'd find me. Like more mm-hmm. or less, she said that. So yeah, mm-hmm. she knew. I also think some of it was just movie magic. Like so they just needed, you know, needed that not to work for, to achieve their goals and in this particular movie. I, I think the bigger question about Janet's motives is why was she okay going into the quantum room at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, but she wasn't okay in Quantumania because that doesn't make as much sense. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I have such a problem with that. And I have such a problem with just ghosts erasure and like how mm-hmm. we never addressed her at all, even though her motivation for going back mm-hmm. into the quantum realm, presumably like was to get, um, get the stuff to renew ghosts and to make her stable and then just like yeah and, and not only that if we're looking at actual ant-man on the wasp when she takes over scott's body she gives them the coordinates but if she was really concerned about king why didn't she shut it down why didn't she destroy it because i think that would have been a better hint towards king so early in you know fi- you know was was that still phase two or was that phase three because it was, it was three an, an infinity war and yes yeah. So like, why why didn't you destroy it? You were willing to come home at that point and risk it. I think that I think that's a bigger question mark than the disc thing, personally. Now, do you guys think that Kang was planned out? You know, when that movie was being made and when that was done, or do you think they were still, you know, in the the planning stages for Endgame and figuring out how to execute that before thinking of Beyond? I leaned on the fo- on the latter, just getting through the. Uh, Infinity Saga, making sure that was wrapped up nicely. Not trying to set up too much. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's some things that set up in Infinity going into Multiverse, but I don't think they want to lean into it too hard. I- I'm leaning towards the first one because when that movie came out, they were already developing Loki and they had some idea of how Loki was going to go. Like, They had some kind of general idea. And there, if I remember correctly, they actually had said that there was a meeting for the next phase 
during like the end of phase two, early phase three, like they were having one of those famous retreats of theirs. So I feel like they had some idea, mm-hmm. but maybe not to the extent of they didn't have the quantum realm figured out. They didn't know how that was going to factor in. So now they have to kind of like retroactively put some of the pieces together. Um, but I think that they knew he was around. Like they knew he was coming. It kind of makes you wonder what they're planning now at their very famous retreats. Because what didn't they say after, was it after SDCC? Faggy went to um like they everyone went on this retreat and they were planning things out but Kang had already been planned like while we're all living mm-hmm. Kang you know they're in I think that the beyond. next I definitely think that the next phase is going to be X-Men focused so I would imagine it's going to be something like Mr. Sinister because I feel like they, they they everybody's always wanted Mr. Sinister and they've already done Magneto so much it's time to let him go um to have him be around but not have him be the villain so I feel like that's their next phase, but they're so far ahead. I think that he's planning for like the next 20 or 30 years past when he retires because yeah. he wants to make sure that there's quality content before he leaves. Building his legacy. Um, okay, so another question from Vic. Vic wanted to know if they wanted to defeat Kang, they should have just shrunk him to atoms. Uh, okay, so this is more of a statement. Vic believes that if they wanted to defeat Kang, they could have just you know made him really small and or made him small for eternity. Um, like, what do you think about that? Do you think that, do you think that they kind of did that? I think my, what's interesting to me is I, okay, I'm going to go back first to Ant-Man and the Wasp. When we saw them fighting in like in that chase scene, and do you remember when we had the Pez, she throws the Pez dispenser, she shoots it with her, with her gauntlets, uh, the last season with like like her bracelets and it grows big she was shooting them at king and it wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. and it wasn't doing anything to the the people in the bar either so i i'm wondering if the shrinking and growing doesn't work the same i don't know because they also shrink i don't know it's really weird because it should have happened but they were shooting him with those at the end she kept shooting him and all it did was push him towards the core it didn't shrink him or make him large it didn't do anything he still has his battle suit and that thing is pretty pretty right. spiffy tech is the one thing i was going to say because that thing can do a lot that's true that's true i didn't think about that because she even said that gave him a lot of power mm-hmm. no, well just in in i wrote about it when i found that like that t-shirt that had the first look at kang and like it allows him to pick up like 50 tons, shoot rays out of his hands like he did. It's life support over a long period of time. Like it's 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 something to be reckoned with. That's why he was able to conquer so quickly once he got it. Now this is so, getting off off topic a little bit, but do you think Kang without his suit has you know powers? What is what is Kang without that that suit? Or which I mean, inter- in, the, in the scene that we saw him, he looked human. Mm-hmm. he is human the, the, so he's just a man which is really weird he's just a, a really really intelligent smart man from the 31st century so like he also has a thousand years on everybody else so that's that's his ma- massive advantage yeah um so feeding into that a little bit so Vic, his last question was he wanted to know why scott acts like a child all the time or or now rather um and why didn't he tell others, you know, about his worry that Kang was still out there? You know, there was that um, 
ending scene where he kind of strolled just down the street with that voiceover and I have some thoughts what about you guys so what's interesting for me being the psychologist that I am is that a lot of times people don't voice these things because they think that they're either overreacting they think that they are like catastrophizing um they want to believe that it's the best outcome which we know that he is a very glass half full kind of individual especially after everything he's been through i think that he's hoping that it's gonna turn out to be nothing and that king was lying and that's how he can engage with himself but i think that this is going to come back like in king dynasty i think that you're going to see his doubt come back and you're going to see his anger and i think you're going to see people be angry with him and so I think that where this is not the last time we've seen this, but I think that it doesn't necessarily make him a child. I think that it makes him an avoidant individual who doesn't want to co- maybe talk about the truth. How do you follow up that analysis? <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott's never been that serious, honestly. So I feel like it's just part of his humor, part of his personality. That's fair. I think that if you also look to at how he responded to Janet and everything that happened is that he never once showed anger towards Janet or even like angry with the situation because Janet lied. Cause I think that he can more relate to that or understand that like, sometimes you do things to like be out of fear or anger or protecting your family or whatever her reasoning was. So he, I think he can rationalize it a little bit more, but I think that he also is in the same boat now that and, and Hope's probably going to respond the same way because she was super angry. I think um, along with the doubt that you mentioned, I think we'll also see him, um, you know, maybe deal with some really heavy guilt because I'm assuming, mm-hmm. you know, by not war- warning people about Kang, he'll have, you know, particularly with Cassie, he'll have, you know, maybe not stopped something that, or not done anything to stop something that will have big implications for the future, obviously. Um, and I think he's already, he already has a lot of guilt about, you know, Cassie and missing time with her and, and, and all of that. So I think, and not, and not being there for her. So I think we'll see a lot more guilt as well from him. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I like that. <laughs> um, so that was the end of Vic's questions. And now we also had a question on Twitter from Mont and this is Mont, uh, universe 616. And it looks like Pokemon. And he wanted to know, or she, what do you think the character of Cassie Lang, what do you think about the character of Cassie Lang in this movie? Do you think this sets up anything for her future? And Mont was of the opinion that, you know, personally, I think it'd be cool one day for them to do a younger Kang, Iron Lad, and Cassie romance, like in the comics. Now that's really interesting. What do you guys think? I have to say that I didn't know that a younger Kang slash Iron Lad and Cassie had a romance. Um... Apparently, I need to go start <laughs> upping my Young Avengers knowledge. I personally did not hate Cassie as much as Twitter does. I thought that Cassie, she seemed, when you look at the core of who she is, there's a lot of similarities. When she was seven, she was talking back to federal agents. And she was sassing them. And to her stepfather, what kind of child talks back to their stepfather with confidence? Not a lot of kids. So when you look at things like going to jail because people were being hurt 
and like you know i think she was also responding to her um you know her trauma of losing her dad part of her wanting a map of the quantum realm was because she probably blames herself a little bit for not thinking or how to get him or not how she couldn't find him and i liked her i thought i thought that um it was a good change to cassie i think it's great to see her a little more grown up i don't see any problem with her does she set up the future we all know that a young avengers is coming so yeah this definitely sets up the future um i can't wait to see it i like cassie overall for what they gave her to work with um do you feel like it wasn't it... good material no, no, I'm just thinking it was just interesting to see what she came up with, you know, quietly with Hank. That was actually quite impressive, like kind of just the device in, in this case and that she had been secretly learning it. So clearly there was some motivation of trying to impress her dad. And, you know, like you were saying that she probably wanted to create it out of guilt for not having found him because her reaction to seeing him just pop up out of nowhere was quite strong there in Endgame. So... It just left her questioning, oh, I could have done something, but I had no idea. So just, I think she did pretty solid overall. I, I was impressed, but I do hope to see her with the Young Avengers whenever that does happen. I think, I, I think the actress got a lot of hate because, you know, the role was recast and I don't, you know, that's not on her. That's not her fault. And, but now she has to kind of deal with the unfortunate internet fallout of, of fans having lots of things to say about it. Um, you know, I think she, her character has been, cons was consistent there, you know, like Brian said, you know, she talked back, you know, a lot to, um, to the federal agents. She was very sure of her father and her belief in her father. And, you know, I think she still had that, um, that moral center in this movie, but she was a little bit disappointed with her father now that she's older, right? She sees him as just kind of resting on his laurels and not, you know, his book, his all this other stuff, like what has he done lately? So I think that um, that too is, you know, kind of a natural progression of her getting older, of her seeing the world differently. And I think, you know, all of that, that is consistent with her growing. Um, I would have loved to see more of her but, you know, we, we didn't get that chance. There was a lot going on in this movie. And, you know, I, I do hope we get to see her in Young Avengers. I hope we get to see her with Kate Bishop. Um, I just, I want more. You know, speaking about how people were really critical of her acting in this film, I first just want to say that everybody needs to go see Freaky because playing the, the horror Freaky Friday, she was fantastic in. And then we also shouldn't judge people for one performance because I also point out in this era of everybody loving Pedro Pascal that he did Wonder Woman 1984 and they people weren't praising his role people didn't like him as Maxwell right what's Nobody his name talks Ma about it like that it, it's conveniently forgotten and in all of fandom that 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 happened also right. that movie's just easily forgettable too <laughs> I know but like he's look at how far he's come he's now in two huge successful shows yeah. And what happened in this film, she can act, and this was not 100% her fault, if you have an issue with it. The directors have say in this, the writers, the, you know, the people at Marvel. Yeah, she screamed dad a lot. That wasn't her fault that the script wrote her screaming dad a lot, you know? So mm -hmm. I just think that people need to be a little kinder when it comes to 
critiquing actors and actresses when they, and like this, especially someone who's so young. Completely. I'm off my soapbox. No, I completely agree. I think <laughs> that, yeah, I, nobody deserves all the hate. I don't think it's, it's too much. Um, so the next part, so our last podcast, we had Alex with us and Alex had a lot of amazing, um, you know, expanded on a lot of amazing things going on for the future of the MCU and explained um, explained Quantumania quite a bit. So there are a lot of questions just for Alex, but unfortunately he couldn't be here. Um, so we're gonna try our best to answer these questions. Miss you, Alex. Yes, we do. So uh, our writer, Vin, from the Cosmic Circus again. You might know him because he does comic guides. Um, he wanted to know about some specifics. And I don't know if either one of you guys want to take the answer. I know we 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 worked it out with Alex, but um Vin wanted to know who was the third Kang variant in the post-credit scene. And Vin's, you know, thought and theory was that it can only be Centurion. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, that was my first and only guess. And um, it seems like Alex agrees. <laughs> Safe guess. I'm going to go with it. I feel like we need an Alex standee here to, you know, kind of tell us and play the recording of the answer. Um, so Vin wanted to know, besides Loki, when, you know, when do we think the next Kang appearances will be? When will we see him next in the MCU? I think hopefully in What If. Ooh. Interesting. Because if okay. Because that little teaser they showed in Comic Con, D3, whenever, um, it showed like Shang-Chi. So, I mean, those are more recent projects. Why couldn't they show him? No, that's fair. I am hoping it is going. Well, I know it's not going to be the next one, but they just need to announce a Moon Knight season two. Um, and th- <laughs> we'll have him in there. That would be perfect. No, the keep thing him about... away from Moon Knight. I, I, I mean, even though it makes sense with Ramatat and all of that, I could see that as being there. But I just, I like Moon Knight being a discreet world. That's fair. I think that you're going to see a lot more kings just sprinkle out and around, and I think they're going to try to get him to appear in as many projects as possible because Jonathan Majors is such a great actor. What and... if season two is a good one? No. <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned uh, that Moon Knight, Brian, because. You know, when we asked Alex, that was actually his thought. He thought that um, Kang variants could be anywhere in the MCU right now. And he thought, uh, like you did, Red, that um, he'd be in What If. But, you know, he's also heard some rumors about Moon Knight Season 2 and and Kang being involved with that. So It makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Do you think we could get some sort of tease in Guardians of the Galaxy post-credits? Or maybe oh. the Marvels. I did like a space that. one, like a space one that he's doing mm-hmm. something. Is there a space king? There has to be a space king. The, I was gonna say the one. There's a scroll the... one that they show. Yeah, so that's there's a possibility. Maybe that could be in the Marvels. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Or secret I'm invasion. I'm just thinking Ooh, that... Like where... So that actually makes secret invasion possibly the next one then. Didn't think of that. I feel like a strong possibility that he could show up in Deadpool 3. If it's multiverse stuff, why not? Mm-hmm. Sure. That makes sense too. So we, we could see him anywhere. He could just, mm-hmm. you know, cause chaos. If they did a Man Thing special, 
solo i could see him too because you know man thing kind of messes around with the nexus yeah I think that's kind of the energy of King, though, is that he could show up literally anywhere in any project and probably still make sense because now King, <laughs> King King's angry. He wants revenge, and we have all of these heroes that you could possibly want revenge for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember, King told us he's defeated Avengers before. So, you know, we haven't seen that in our in our MCU, but I think we're going to. Um, so Vin wanted to know if we'd like to see Ant-Man 4, and if so, would we like to see Peyton, Peyton Reed return for either Ant-Man 4 or Secret Wars? Um, what do you guys think? Uh, Ant-Man 4? Probably not. Really? I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to pivot to Cassie. I mean, at this point, it kind of shows that Scott was like, hmm, I don't know if I really want to be doing this, and he did it. Most of this movie was done out of reluctance because he was put in a spot, not because he wanted to do it. I mean, all of it, saving Cassie because he was forced because he was going to get she was going to get killed and then helping out the resistance because, well, he needed them to, you know, get what he needed done. So in this case, no, I think he can retire now. We can do like Eric O'Grady or something else. And then on the second part of the question, Peyton Reed, no, thanks. No. So I'm going to agree with you with the Peyton Reed. I think that it's okay if we retire him from the Marvel Cinematic Universe of directing. Um, let's get some new blood in there um, or just give everything to Ryan Coogler. That's also okay. <laughs> um, but Ant-Man 4, th- this is the thing, is that I would take as many Ant-Man films as I can get as long as they still remain palate cleansers like the first two. I want just the funny little trips and the 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 isolated stories because the first two were so isolated in san francisco and like i just let's have those in between these huge stories because that's paul rudd excels at that Mm -hmm. he excels at the humor he excels at being funny um or even have a focus on cassie and have him be in it that's fine but like it could still be like a ant-man spinoff or an ant-man 4 ish film that's what i want I would really love more Ant-Man for a couple of reasons. Um, like you said, Paul Rudd is delightful. He excels at that that humor. And I also really want an Ant-Man 4 because I want to see um, not a resolution, but just more of, you know, Luis and his ex-con buddies. Because that <laughs> I was so sad that wasn't in this movie, even though I know technically, you know, this voice actor, you know, was the same. Like, no, I just want more um peyton Reed. i have a, i have a pitch real quick though on that. now that you mentioned it yeah they should do like a uh procedural show oh like a of the security team as they try to make sales that'd be a good disney plus spinoff right there i would watch that <laughs> i think i think you could easily do shorts too where it's just yep. louise telling the telling the story of the mcu we know that there's the the phase one through three of his retelling mm-hmm Give us after every project just a little five minute short of him telling the story because that's all I need. I want to see him explain Kang. I just I need that. <laughs> yes. Um I love that. So Alex, you know, told us that he thinks Ant-Man 4 would have to be a passing of the torch film. And he doesn't see Peyton back at all for the Avengers. Um so you know, we heard it from Alex. <laughs> Um, so besides Kang, Vin wants to know what was your favorite part of Quantumania? And now we kind of discussed this in the um, other podcast, but Brian, I know you weren't there. So I'm very curious as to what you. Favorite part? Oh, 
Um, I was unprepared. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that I really liked the the slice of life at the beginning. I thought that was really interesting to just get like the glimpses of what his life is like now, especially because we haven't seen him since Endgame. Um, but I think, oh, this is so hard. I don't, don't know. I don't know. Um, the final battle with the ants. I think. I think that that section where the ants come in and Michael Douglas is just like he has like this little kid like wonder look on his face, and that always was just like this really cool scene. And I was just like, this is like a new side of Michael Douglas. He's not a mob boss, you know. He's not angry. I loved that part with the ants. I thought that was really cool. The whole fight scene was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex shared that, you know, his favorite part was the revolution scene with the score from Christoph Beck. So you can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vin also would like to know what's the future of the quantum realm in the MCU? And was this just a one-off appearance? I have to say no. I mean, you don't pop the top to the quantum realm in a one film and just decide you're not going back to it. Especially because the rules seem so different there. Like, people were aging regularly and, like, you could still grow but it seemed like there was a cap to it. And, like, I think that we have to go back and even with the end of the endgame where quantum realm was used for time traveling, like, there is some huge ramifications that we could use for this and i think that you're gonna see much more kings going through there so that's my guess i'd say yeah quantum realm will come back i i don't see why they would just abandon it at this point um and i just didn't feel like a one-off appearance it just felt like a return but an actual mm-hmm. delving into rather than just kind of popping by a la multiverse of madness mm-hmm. sure I would be very happy if we didn't see the quantum realm again, but that's just me personally. Um, Alex shared with us that the quantum realm will be back and it just might be Earth 616's saving grace in the future. And he said, I'll leave it at that. So if you're listening, take note to what Alex said. Real quick, I, I just, I have a question for you. Why mm-hmm. would, why do you, you said that you'd be okay if we never saw it again. Why? <laughs> it's just weird. I just, I okay. like, yeah, it was just, it was too weird for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I just was wondering. I, I didn't, I just didn't know what your reasoning was. And now, now I know. Yeah. Um, so we have our last batch of questions and let's see where they are. Cause I'm trying to find them. <laughs> they are second one. Do you want me to read the first one for you? Yeah, you can go for it. So uh, this is from Costa, and the first question is, echoing what Vin also said, do you think Peyton Reed comes back to direct another MCU project? We already know the answer to that. <laughs> um, but Alex actually said he has no idea, so I get, it's still up in the air. Do you think he'll uh, return, guys? Sure, why not? Okay. Mm, no. Okay. Um, and Costa also wanted to know if he deserves to return um, to the MCU. And Alex said that he thinks everyone deserves a shot. So, 
Um, Costa also wanted to know, do you think every time we see a Kang variant in a project that he'll also that he'll always be the main antagonist? And this is kind of an interesting question. I'm curious what, to what you guys think. And of course, we have Alex's answer as well. So the first thing that jumps out to me is that we've already had King in two projects and one of them, he wasn't actually the antagonist mm -hmm. because the antagonist of Loki was technically Sylvie because she's the one that killed King. King was just doing his job. Um, I never viewed him as an antagonist, so I don't think of him as the main antagonist for that. So I want to say the answer is no. I don't think he's always going to be the antagonist because I think there's going to be some of them that are just trying to live their lives. And I have a feeling Victor Timely is going to be one of them. I don't think he's going to be a bad guy. I don't think, I think that he's just going to be a man trying to time travel. I agree with those statements. I mean, he doesn't always have to be antagonist. He can just show up because he happens to be there as well. And that's the thing with variants is you can have all sorts that pop up. Not all of them have to be bad. Mm -hmm. I think with, um, with so many Kangs, you know, we saw that, that giant, stadium filled with you know it seemed like infinite um kangs you know i think i think it's impossible that there are you know kangs that are not um good guys for lack of a better better term um i think that something that would be really interesting to see um moving on is if you know kang was actually um you know a hero if we you know actually saw him as justified in his actions because, you know, they played with it a little bit with Thanos. There, there was like this moment that they tried to, to have Thanos as, um, okay, well, he's got a reason why he wants to destroy half of everybody. But, you know, ultimately that wasn't really sympathetic. And I think if they give Kang, um, if there's a reason, you know, if, if Kang has, um, if you can, you know, kind of identify with Kang, if you can see what he's saying, I think that would be very kind of, um, would blow people's minds. You know, I think it would kind of, you know, play with the morals of the MCU. And I think that would be really fun. Um, Alex. Can't you also argue, I'm so sorry. No, you go ahead. As a, we can also argue that he kind of was like that in this film because mm -hmm. part of Scott doubting himself was that maybe Kang was right and maybe there's something worse coming and maybe he should have been let out. And so there was, and I think as the viewer too, you kind of doubt like, oh, maybe we're all wrong here. We thought he was a bad guy this entire time, but maybe he was a good guy. Yep, exactly. You said it so much better than me as I was struggling for, for words there. Um, so <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> so Alex said that Kang may not necessarily be the antagonist in every project he's in. So you heard it from Alex first. <laughs> Costa's next question. So he wanted to know if it's likely that a potential Ant-Man 4 would be Scott and Hope mentoring the Young Avengers. Um, you know, we talked about that a little bit. We talked about, uh, you know, how we wanted to see the Young Avengers and we talked about Ant-Man 4. Do you think, you know, could that movie be a vehicle for them? What's interesting for me is I know a lot of people are like, like they're singing that tune. But Scott doesn't necessarily strike me as the leader type of a children. I feel like he's also kind of a, he likes to have a good time. And I feel like you need someone almost like Vision, which I'm pretty sure Vision was the leader in the comics. And I could be completely wrong here. Um, but, or someone like Patriot, who is like more 
Uptight, in charge. Stern. Yeah. Scott's and I think Scott's gonna be under too much pressure. I think you're gonna see, you're gonna see him crack a lot more if he's in charge of a group of children, especially when they're not his. So I don't know. I actually think he could potentially train there on the West Coast. I mean, he's very strong in, in his identity as an Avenger, saying it in the past and he's saying it in this movie. So and he's likable. I mean, to approach with young people, it would be good to have someone that they would actually want to be around. And he already had a little practice with Cassie when he was showing her the tap punch little combo. Like, actually did pretty decent with that. So I, I see potential. And we know Hope is a good teacher. She taught Scott a few things. Mm-hmm. Kicking his ass. I see more training montages in our future. Um, so Alex said that he hadn't heard anything about Scott or Hope being attached to Young Avengers, um, though it might be done. So, yeah. Um, Costa wanted to know next, how many total Kangs as a whole do you think we'll see as main characters? And is there a chance that, um, you know, the MCU deviates from the comics and makes even more new Kang variants? Easily. Why, why wouldn't they? That's mm-hmm. part of the beauty is, is freedom. Is, let's do something a little bit different. We're not bound by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. In fact, most of the projects for the MCU have been like, here's the outline. What, mm-hmm. What's the line from Pirates of the Caribbean? We think of more of them as guidelines than actual rules. Like things change and it's for the better because some things just have to be adapted. And Kang can be whoever he wants, but I, I, I've never heard of a Skull Kang before. Now we have the possibility of one. So change them up. Give them lots of variants. Fill every project with them. Let's do it. So Alex had to say that at least eight Kang variants are main characters in upcoming projects, and they are already they already deviated with Centurion. So you know the the Marvel Studios folks, their Centurion is different than than the comics, obviously. So Costa wanted to know uh, what do you think going forward will be the plan for Janet and Hope and. You know, we, we talked about this a little bit on the other podcast um, and Alex made a little bit of news with what he said. And, you know, I think I'm curious as to what you guys think. Oh, I already know part of this answer and I don't like it. And so I can't, <laughs> I can't say much. Um, I think that there is a future for hope. I think that there, as long as they're going to keep Scott in the picture, they're going to keep hope. I think that there will definitely be more focus on the family going forth. Janet, I love her. I want to see more of her. Michelle Pfeiffer literally is a goddess and she kills every scene she's in. So just like Jonathan Majors, why don't we just have her in every film? I'm I'm good with that. I'm not sure about Janet, but as far as Hope, I think they're going to keep her on the path she was already on because she seemed pretty satisfied and fulfilled with her life. Like making effectual change in the world like Scott had that monologue in the beginning where he said it, you know, some people want to change the world. Hope goes out there and does it. So she's already gotten her mom back and brought everybody back from the quantum realm. So I think she'll continue on. She never struck me as one that enjoyed the craziness of all that stuff. Like you could tell Scott missed it a little bit, even though he was reluctant to involve himself, but with, with her, I feel like she wants to detach herself from the craziness because her life's been enough having lost her mom for such a period. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Alex shared with us um, in response to that question that Janet is going to make the sacrifice play. Um, and that's very sad. It doesn't get any better hearing it. I Ugh. know. And on that note, I think we will close out the questions. It has been so wonderful talking with you both. Um, where can people read more of your stuff or find more, more about you? Hi, this is Brian Kitson again. And you can find me on Twitter at Kitson301. Um, and I'm writing for the Cosmic Circus. You'll see my posts all the time. Read them, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is Anthony Flack, and you can find me at Rodova underscore. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and the answers. And I'm Isla Ruby. You can find me on Twitter at T-U-L-I-N writes. And you can find all of us at thecosmiccircus.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you.